Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. This week on The Scarecast. An employee walks out with the trash bag, sees the body, freaks out, and calls the police. We asked him, who are those kids? He said, what kids? No one lives in that house. It's upsetting and scary to know that whoever wanted to abduct my friend or any other girls by using this old hotel Instagram knows who my friend is. And as I scrambled to get back up, I felt the weight pressing into my shoulders again and was shoved back down. I then glanced up to see my friend running toward me. So I saw this about four years ago at work, and it creeped me the fuck out. I work for a digital surveillance company that runs the eye in the sky for thousands of restaurants, bars, and gas stations all across the US. From time to time, we get calls for investigations to look into robberies, theft, etc. So one day, we get a call from a popular fast food chain located in the heart of Detroit. They say an employee OD'd by the dumpster and they needed us to get some answers on the situation. First, basically what happened and how long was he there? The next question is where it starts to get weird. See, the dumpster had a brick wall around it. It had two entrances to the dumpster, a gate you had to pass when you walked out the back door and the big gates where the garbage truck has access to the dumpster to empty it out. They claimed those big gates were always open, and the small gate by the back door was locked from the inside. Nobody ever used that smaller gate. The weird thing was, when the body was found, an employee walked out, and that gate that was never open was indeed open, and the body was sitting there on full display. So their next question was, who the fuck opened that gate? So we download the footage. One night the employee goes inside, throws out the trash, and you can kinda see him through the locked gate that was never open. It was see-through, but very difficult to see through. The way the camera was angled, you could kind of see over the top also. 
he injects himself, slumps over, and kills over dead behind the dumpster. He was out there for two and a half days. No employees ever came to look for him. It was pouring rain both days. For two days, employees come and go, taking out the trash and not seeing him. Then, on the third day in the morning sunshine, clear as fucking day, the gate just slowly opens by itself. Nobody comes, nobody goes. The gate just fucking opens by itself and the body is sitting there in the same position it was in two and a half days earlier. I literally felt chills down my spine. To this day, I still can't explain it without thinking it was paranormal. Anyway, a couple of hours later, an employee walks out with the trash bag, sees the body, freaks out, and calls the police. I didn't write it, but we basically had to write a report on how a gate apparently opened by itself. About two years back, I have experienced something that gave me chills to this day whenever I think about it. I had to submit a short film for my exam. We were short on time, so we had to shoot during our Eid holidays. It was the last day of our holidays and our last shoot day as well. So, we went to our location, which was actually my friend's house, and we had to set up our scene at the rooftop. Since we were really rookies, there was no big crew or any lights of that sort. Just a few friends trying to get their work done. When we got there, it was after 12 at night and we were setting up our stuff. Our friend, whose place it was, wasn't with us. Keeping check on batteries, cards, and stuff before the shoot is an understood practice, which we did. But when we turned on our cameras, both of them ran out of batteries. Very strange. However, no one said anything and we put them on charge since we had some time to spare. After a while, when the batteries were just enough to work with, we set up our scene. The terrace we were on had merely two feet distance from the terrace of the house beside it. One wall of that place was completely covered with dense plants and leaves. When we started shooting our scene, we noticed after a while that three kids are standing on that terrace, watching us. Nothing was unusual for us since people do notice you when you take out your cameras. So I kind of just took my mind off of it and we started filming. During the filming, I looked at my left to see if those kids were still there. They weren't there. When we were done with our shoot, it was probably 2.30 a.m. And those kids were there again. Their formation was girl about eight or nine was on the right, boy about six to seven in the middle, and boy about three to four on the left. All three of them were bald. One of my friends got suspicious. He asked the kids, 
Hey kids, where are your parents? The middle one replied, I don't know, maybe they're having dinner. My friend called me to come closer, showed me their house, and asked me, Are they having a fucking candlelight dinner at this hour? Why the hell is it completely dark? I got a bit nervous. Another friend of mine asked him, Where did you come from? That girl replied with a word that is so rare in our language that only two of my friends knew the meaning. What she said meant, We are prisoners. We didn't know at that moment what the hell did it mean. But all our friend did was tell us not to communicate with those kids any more. So we went down and called our friend to say we're free now. And he should open the garage so we can take our cars out. When he came, we asked him, Who are those kids? He said, What kids? No one lives in that house. I was really nervous so I shouted, Dude, that's not funny at all. He got kind of angry and said, Come. That house had two gates. He showed us both and said, Look at that. And I cannot put into words what kind of spine-chilling feel I had right at that moment when I saw those giant padlocks. Then he told us that there used to be a mental asylum in this house many, many years ago. That was the last time I went there. My best friend is an influencer. Not big time, but with a big enough following to get free stuff. And she has also managed to get two sponsored trips. She still works a full-time job, but does the IG thing on the side mostly because of the perks. She's not big enough to live off of this yet. Anyway, this was her first trip. A little boutique hotel from Miami contacted her via IG and DMs and offered her an all-expenses-paid trip to Miami for Memorial Weekend 2018 in exchange for her to be in their hotel and take pics and do a couple of stories. She was told she could bring a female friend with her if she wanted to, and everything would be covered for. This was her first time doing this, so at the time, she wasn't really sure how it worked they sent her a bogus contract for her to sign, and it said she'd be responsible for paying for her plane ticket to Miami, and that she'd be reimbursed for it later. This was to prevent a no-show, meaning the influencer gets the ticket purchased by the hotel, and the influencer never shows up. It seemed reasonable. She invited me, a gay dude, instead of a female friend, because she was nervous about the whole thing. We figured it wouldn't be a big deal, and worst case scenario, they don't want to pay for my plane ticket, and she'd just cover it for me. That was it. We were supposed to be picked up by the hotel at the airport. So the day comes, and we arrive to Miami. There's a guy holding a sign with her last name, and the paper has the hotel logo. We are greeted and we are escorted to a black SUV. Here is where it gets weird. As soon as we are going to get in the car, the driver 
is visibly upset. We thought he was talking to the guy who walked us over, but he was talking to my friend. He had a very thick accent and was wearing dark shades. He was telling my friend that she was not allowed to bring her boyfriend, me, and that she said it was two girls, two girls. Hotel told me two girls, not one girl, one guy, two girls. He was demanding to see where the other girl was. We were speechless and confused. The guy who walked us to the car looked annoyed, got in the passenger seat, and started to fight with the driver in Portuguese. Then he turns to us and asks us where the other girl is at. My friend tells them very upsetly by now that there is no other girl and that I'm just a friend coming with her on the trip. The big guy in the passenger seat gets out, tosses our luggage out of the car, and says something like, This is some fucking bullshit! Gets in the car, and they take off. That was it. We were in shock. Utter and complete shock. My friend immediately emails Melissa, the PR person we had been in contact through email with, to tell her what happened. No response. We decide to take a cab and show up to the hotel, and when we show up, it's when everything made sense. The hotel had been rebranded and had a completely different name, owner, and staff. We show them the IG, and it is indeed the IG of the hotel it used to be, but not the new one. They never contacted us, they never did anything. Whoever was in charge of the old IG account for the old hotel, or whoever got a hold of it, did. Mind you, this was a somewhat big hotel account with 10k followers. It was real. But upon further inspection, we realized the pics were really old, and so were the post. My friend felt like an idiot, and would not stop crying. We called the police met up with a detective, but nothing ever really came out of it. They investigated who was running the account before, or who had access to it, and none of the people who used to run that account had anything to do with it. Nothing ever came out of this. It's upsetting and scary to know that whoever wanted to abduct my friend, or any other girls by using this old hotel Instagram, knows who my friend is. That IG has since been deleted and we have never heard anything from anyone ever again. But to think my friend would have been kidnapped had she gone with another girl instead of me sends chills down my spine. I've never really visited this sub before, but I wanted to share my story with someone, and I really can't find a reasonable explanation for what happened that night. It was just a strange and alarming experience. This all happened a few months ago. My friend had heard the northern lights might be visible in our area, 
and asked if I wanted to go on a drive out into the country to see if we could catch a glimpse. So we headed out after dark and drove for a while, putting the city behind us and winding out into the countryside, all while scanning the skies and just searching for a good vantage point where the stars and the lights might be visible. But several hours passed and with nothing to show for our efforts, we started to give up on seeing the lights altogether. As we discussed what to do next at that point, my friend noted that we were close to her hometown and reminded me that she had been wanting to visit the local cemetery to find the graves of some of her distant relatives. It was a clear, warm night and we were both pretty disappointed that we hadn't seen the lights. We both wanted to make the trip worthwhile, so we agreed to swing by the cemetery. We pulled into the dirt road adjacent to the cemetery and walked around until we found the right graves. She took some photos and we decided to just wander around for a little while. My friend was leading the way, using the flashlight on her phone to light the path and to ensure that we didn't accidentally step on any of the graves. I had been feeling increasingly anxious since we arrived, which struck me as just a bit odd. I have done several cemetery seriation projects as an archaeologist, and I don't normally feel nervous in cemeteries, even at night. In fact, I usually find that cemeteries are pretty peaceful and calming but I felt really strange in that particular graveyard and found myself frequently spinning around because I felt like someone was standing behind me. Still, I just chalked it up to general anxiety and tried not to dwell on it. One of the problems with having an anxiety disorder is that it's sometimes hard to tell when your nervousness is justified. Even in retrospect, I don't know if my anxiety was just in my head or if it was related to what would happen next. After wandering for a while, we realized that it was approaching 1am and that we should probably get back home. We turned back and headed towards the car. My friend's car was in sight and she was just a few yards ahead of me when it happened. I suddenly got a wave of that nervous feeling again and thought that I heard someone running behind me. I was starting to turn my head to look back when I felt something collide with my back, the initial impact hitting me right between my shoulder blades. There was a substantial weight behind it, as if someone had actually hurtled into me. The impact was so forceful that I was thrown forward and fell flat on my face, and as I scrambled to get back up, I felt the weight pressing into my shoulders again and was shoved back down. I then glanced up to see my friend running toward me. She had also heard someone running up to us, had heard my initial fall, and had turned just in time to see me being pushed back down. She would later tell me that she had seen my sweatshirt flattening against my back and shifting, as if someone had been pressing their hands against my shoulders. She grabbed my arm to pull me up, 
just as the weight disappeared, and we both bolted to the car, jumping in and instinctively locking the doors. She wasted no time starting the engine, and then hastily peeled out of the driveway. As soon as we hit the main road, we just sped away from there as quickly as possible. We drove several minutes without saying a word. I think we were both stunned, and more than anything, confused. She finally glanced at me and said, What the hell just happened? I didn't quite know how to answer that. I told her that someone had shoved me to the ground, and she said, I know, I saw, but what was that? There was nothing there. We tried to come up with a rational explanation, but none of them made any sense. Had someone ambushed me and then bolted? Definitely not. We would have seen them. Had I tripped? No, I had definitely felt something pushing me, and my friend had seen me being shoved back down. Had it been the wind? Not possible. There hadn't been so much as a breeze that night, and if there had been some freak gust of wind, it would have hit my friend too. Perhaps an animal had attacked me, but that didn't seem possible either. There were no local animals large enough, strong enough, and stealthy enough to topple a full-grown human without being seen. I had been in full view of my friend, illuminated by her flashlight during the second fall, and the weight had remained at my shoulders even as she was coming right up to me. She should have been able to see whatever had been pushing me, but there was nothing. We just couldn't explain it. Whatever had pushed me, twice, it hadn't been visible to us. As the adrenaline faded, I noticed something else. My back was hurting. Right between my shoulder blades, right where I had felt the impact, I could feel a sort of stinging, prickly sensation. It felt like my back, despite being covered by my sweatshirt, had somehow been brushed with stinging nettles. I mentioned this to my friend, and she insisted on pulling over to the side of the road to look at my back. She switched the hood light on in the car and pulled the collar of my hoodie down to look. I heard her mutter, what the fuck? She took a photo of my back and showed it to me. The skin between my shoulder blades was reddened and several little blisters had started to appear in the days that followed. The blisters would later swell up and pop. It was as if I had somehow gotten a sunburn or a bad chemical burn. There weren't any scratches or cuts. There were no open wounds, no blood. It was a relatively subtle mark, but it was still clearly there, and it baffled us. We certainly couldn't figure out how I'd gotten burned. I hadn't rubbed up against anything. I hadn't touched my back. I'd been wearing my hoodie all night, and there were no tears or marks in the fabric. And the burn hurt. It continued to sting for several days. I also couldn't sleep that night. My back hurt, and every time I started to drift off, I'd suddenly begin to fear that someone was standing over my shoulder 
and I was startled awake. I couldn't really understand what had happened at the cemetery, but it truly rattled me. I don't exactly know where I stand on the issue of paranormal phenomena, but to be honest, as an anthropologist, I'm trained to keep an open mind, but I still have to rely on a deeply academic perspective. Still, I know that something truly bizarre and frightening happened that night, and my inability to explain it, to account for every strange little detail, has been deeply disturbing. It's also been especially difficult to grapple with this because I already have PTSD from a previous assault, and there is something profoundly unsettling about the fact that in this instance, there was nothing I could have done to defend myself, and with no clear explanation for it, there is no way for me to prevent something like this from happening again. I cannot cope with the fear that I cannot even begin to understand. It's also begun to affect my dreams. I've had several odd nightmares since the incident in the cemetery. Dreams that are oddly similar to the nightmares that I've had for years when I was growing up. I don't know where they came from, but for as long as I can remember, I've had dreams in which a creature is attempting to lure me in one way or another. And in the dreams, I usually understand this creature to be a devil or a demon. Simply put, sometimes evil. Something dangerous and difficult to understand. These dreams have suddenly became relevant again, as I seem to have them damn near every time I fall asleep these days. I know that, likely due to trauma, hopefully not due to anything more sinister, these dreams and the experience in the graveyard are somehow linked. Sometimes the menacing creature in my dreams takes the form of an old woman. I had one dream when I was about 13 years old in which I was wandering through a forest. I came across a little cottage with this old woman standing by the porch. She beckoned me inside. We spent some time casually talking and baking cookies, but I felt uneasy around her and got the sense that she wanted something from me. We stayed only in the kitchen throughout the dream, but I can recall glancing at the doorways to other rooms and seeing nothing but shadowy edges. I thought that perhaps I should try to leave, but couldn't remember how to find my way out. At one point, as we sat at the kitchen table, I glanced out the window and noticed a group of people standing in the yard, calling out to the old woman. I asked who these people were, and she told me, They want me to take them in, but I don't want them. I want you. In other dreams, it has had a more sinister appearance, but I always recognize it as the same creature. I sometimes have dreams in which it is sitting in the dark at my bedside, whispering to me. It has a shadowy appearance with long, lanky limbs and empty eye sockets. Its teeth are made of razor wire and there is something like blood gleaming on its lips. 
In those dreams, I could hear it whispering, but can't understand what it's saying. Sometimes I have dreams of the same creature sitting in a chair in the corner of my room, eating what seems to be a rotten apple. I have long suspected that this creature is some manifestation of my deepest and most troubling fears. I know these are just dreams, but I mention it because those dreams had subsided in my early 20s. But the incident at the cemetery rattled me so much that they've returned. It seems to have shaken my understanding of the world around me, opening the floodgates to my own inner demons. In these new dreams, that creature is standing upright behind me at the cemetery. Time seems to be slowing down. I can sense my friend frozen ahead of me and the creature whispering at my back. I don't really know why my mind is conflating that dream creature with my encounter at the cemetery, but the fear has increasingly kept me up at night. I have no idea what the fuck happened that night. My friend believes it was a ghost, but I just don't know. I've just never personally experienced anything like this. I really don't know what to do with it. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.